For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Of course, I'll be reading a few things for, of course, coming off the of Mania. 
And then, of course, J.D. will going to be bringing you a few other stories here. Of course, uh, a bunch of topics, of course, coming in that we do have to we definitely have to get to here today. And of course, as right as we always do with time allotted, we'll be bringing you, of course, uh, uh, we'll be putting J.D. in that hot seat one more time for the hot seat movie trivia challenge. And if you, if you want to chime in on anything that we, uh, t- uh, of course, have to talk about here this evening on number 69 of Outside the Ropes, please feel free to give us a call here, 1724-444-7444, call ID 141-387-POUND, and press that one if you want to chime in on anything that we had to talk about here this evening on number 69, as we said, of Outside the Ropes. Let's go ahead and get things rocking and rolling here. Uh, let's see what we let's see uh, some let's see some stories here that I think a lot of folks might like might, might want to hear about here. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll we'll start off with this one right here. Coming in today, of course, from uh, coming in from Larry Zonka, Eleven Mania. Uh, the trailer for the new for the new Jumanji movie uh, is is up is up and around here. Uh, let's 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 talk a little bit about that here as soon as I can. bring it up. Okay, here we go. Here are the new trailers for Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. The film opens on December the twentieth, so we got exactly three months before it comes out, and stars The Rock, Kevin Hart, Karen uh, Karen Gillian. Jack Black, Nick Jonas, Sardais Blaine. I guess it's, I'm, I'm hoping that the, um, that's uh, that's how you pronounce that. Madison Eisman, Alex Wolf, and Morgan Tucker. Turner, I'm sorry, Turner. In a brand new Jumanji adventure, the tables are, tables are turned as four teenagers are sucked into Jumanji's world, pitted against rhinos, black mambas, and an endless variety of jungle traps and puzzles. To survive, they... They, they'll play as characters from the game. Meek Spencer becomes a brave explorer, who is The Rock. Hokey Jock Fridge becomes a tiny genius, who's played by Kevin Hart. It Girl Bethany becomes a bookworm professor, <clears throat> uh, who is uh, Jack Black. And unathletic Martha becomes an Amazonian warrior, played by Karen Gillian. To beat the game and return to the real world with their lives, they'll have to start seeing things in an entirely different way. Uh, December 20th, JD, another, uh, of course, uh, pre Christmas movie. Uh, Manji here. Uh, what do you think about this? Christmas should be a very busy time with the movies coming out this holiday season. I mean, you've got this coming out. You've got Star Wars coming out prior to that. It should be a very, very active uh, way to close out 2017, hopefully. And uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, will be wanting to take their kids and see a lot of good movies over the holiday season. And with The Rock and Kevin Hart teaming up again for the first time since Central Intelligence, which was a very funny movie. And now you got Jack Black in the mix. How it should be a very, very good movie. Like I said, you got Star Wars coming out. you got other good movies coming out this holiday season. So it's uh, shaping up to be a very interesting early holiday season. Indeed, indeed. So we're really looking forward to that. Like that, five days before Christmas will be the next uh, chapter in the I guess they made, I, don't, I guess you can start saying the Jumanji series, of course, following the very successful film that, of course, starred the late Robin Williams. That was very good as well. Yeah. So, uh, 
here's speaking of a movie franchise, we got it. I got to talk about this. This came, story came out yesterday, but we'll read it here. We'll read it here today. <clears throat> Coming from Jeremy Thomas of Four Eleven Mania, as I guess you could say, an alum of the Terminator franchise is set to is is planned to return to said franchise. And I, I will I will explain who this is. Linda Hamilton is returning to her most iconic role, joining James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger in the new Terminator film. THR reports that Hamilton is set to reunite with Cameron and Schwarzenegger for a new installment made by Skydance and Paramount. The site reports that Cameron made the announcement at a private event celebrating the Terminator series. He said during the announcement, as meaningful as she was to, to gender and action stars everywhere back then, it's going to make a huge statement to have th- that seasoned warrior that she's become return. There are 50-year-old, 60-year-old guys out there killing bad guys, but there isn't an example of that for women. Tim Miller is set to direct the new film, which will involve Cameron and Hamilton for the first time since Terminator 2 Judgment Day. The story is being kept under wraps as being treated as a direct sequel to Terminator 2. Cameron said we're starting a, a search for an 18-something woman to be the new centerpiece of the new story. We still fold time. We will have characters from the future and the present. There will be most of new characters that will have Arnold and Linda's characters to anchor it. Cameron's announcement puts his, put, puts his comment from last month into context where he criticized Wonder Woman as a step backward and pointed to Hamilton's Sarah Connor as a better role model. And uh, James, James Cameron says, Sarah Connor was not a beauty icon. She was strong, she was troubled, she was a terrible mother, and she earned the respect of the audience through pure grit. And to me, the, the benefit of characters like Sarah is so obvious. I mean, half the audience is female. Uh, J.D., return of a, like I said, a legendary Terminator character. Do we really want another Terminator? They've made four of them already, and of course a couple of them have been successful, and a couple of them have not been successful. And now we're rehashing Terminator 2, however, 25 years later, however. I mean, apparently the first two weren't that bad, but then I didn't see the last two, and I heard they got mixed reviews to somewhat okay fair reviews and some poor reviews of the box office. But do we need to have another one? I don't think so. Well, apparently, like I said, they're keeping it all under wraps here, and how many more time? How many more things can they do with the Terminator franchise? I mean, not that really much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I see how this one goes. And like I said, having uh, Linda Hamilton back, you know, in, in that iconic role she uh, she was very famous for in the first two Terminator films, you know, that's when to see how that all works out. So, one more story that was just coming in. They came in yesterday from Jeremy Thomas. Uh, Sean Spicer's appearance at the Amy's. Emmys, 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 excuse me, came at the request of Stephen Colbert, believe it or not. Let me go ahead and read what this says. The appearance of Sean Spicer at the Emmy Awards on Sunday came after Stephen Colbert wondered if they could actually get him for the gag. CNN reports that Spicer, who appeared at the show in the opening monologue, was pitched the idea after Colbert wondered aloud if Spicer might play along. Spicer told THR, I had a conversation with Stephen Colbert and his executive producer. I came up with a concept and I thought it was kind of funny. I said I'd be there. Spicer later said that the that the appearance was an opportunity to be a little self-depreciating and laugh at yourself. Alex Baldwin, 
also addressed criticism of the segment, telling CNN, people in the business and the average person is very grateful for him to have a sense of humor and participate. Spicer obviously was compelled to do certain things that we might not have respected, we might not have admired, we might have been super critical of in order to do his job. But I've done some jobs so there there are things that you shouldn't admire or respect me for either. He and I, he and I have that in common. Uh, <laughs> well, what, what, what's, what's your take on, on this here, J.D.? It was funny. I mean, everyone got a big chuckle out of it on Sunday. Of course, CBS uh, thought, I'm sure some of the networks may didn't think it was appropriate for him to show up the way he did, but at least he had a good uh, joke at everyone's expense. Of course, he uh, it's almost McCarthy there, of course, who played the role of it on SNL and everything like that. But everyone seemed to be really mellow about it, and they were really surprised to see him show up the way he did. However, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I watched the Emmys on Sunday, and when he came out, I was pretty surprised to see him there. But those people who... Uh, were offended by it. I mean, just get over it, you know? Seriously, I mean, it was just there to have some fun, Howard. It wasn't there to harm anything or do anything bad, Howard. He was just trying to make things exciting, Howard. And I think for the most part it was uh, surprising, but yet also very unique and uh, very fun to say this. And I think people uh, line up about the whole thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, like everyone, for anyone that caught that, like I said, I mean, that was uh, a very, uh, very, very historic uh, Kind of an historic moment at the Emmys there. Well, let's go ahead and I'll bring you one more here. Down, I'll bring you a couple of wrestling stories for I uh, bring uh, JD in with, of course, with what he has to talk about here as well. Another story came out yesterday from Jeremy Thomas. I'm sure JD, you've been with this fellow here, Jared Jared Fogle, yes, the former Subway spokesperson, I believe it was, as was ordered to pay fifty thousand dollars forfeiture in relation to set sex offender conviction. Former Subway spokesman Jared Fogel has been ordered to pay $50,000 that he agreed to forfeit in relation to his conviction of sex offense charges. Teams have reported that the FBI has issued a formal order to seize the money, which Fogel agreed to pay in order to avoid officials seizing vehicles that he used to drive to and engage in sex with a minor. The forfeiture was part of his agreement during his sentence deal and also provides that some electronic storage devices will be seized. Fogel pled guilty to the charges of, in October 2015, and he was sentenced to 15 years in prison. So we won't probably see him until about 2030, but, uh, man, I tell you what, this thing just keeps getting harder and harder for uh, the man who, who uh, tried to prove he can lose weight by eating a Subway sandwich. Yeah, he got into some hot water big time, Howard, and now he's paying the price for it, and unfortunately he has a lot of, well, let's just say rough times ahead of him, Howard, and of course with the money, Howard, I mean, how much was the money again? $50,000. Not That's chump change. It should be more than that. I mean, he knows what he did wrong, Howard. He should be uh, paying more out of that than fifty grand. i am sorry. Right. He's paying for it right now. Like I said, we won't see him back. Uh, of course, when he ever gets out, of course, uh, He'll be a much different person for the life of being yeah, in your 2030 before he uh, gets back out. So. That's if he's a much different person, depending on what happens, though, while he's there. Yeah, of course, he could probably get the same treatment. Oh, 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 oh. oh that's sad. He could, uh, yeah. get, the, he could get the subway term, eat fresh, a whole new meaning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, he'll be probably bringing his stuff from subway, but it won't be what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it, yeah. 
there you go. So, like I said, uh, like I said, he's paying for it right now. And of course, I'm glad that he's no longer doing what he did. So there you go. Hope this teaches him a lesson, though. I hope so. Uh, we have an up- update here from a story that was brought out here not too long ago. Larry Zonka brings this out today. The teaser clips of Hogan, Hulk Hogan discussing Gawker lawsuit with Fox News Online. Here's an update right here. Fox News has released some teaser clips of Hulk Hogan speaking with TMZ founder Harvey Levin for his new series, Objectified. You can see the clips below. Uh, of course, all in this story right here. And here's some of the things that was said. Hogan on why he sued in the first place. Hogan says this. It was much bigger than me and much bigger than my career. This was something that this was something that, and you know, I said that, said it before, and I'm not joking around. You know, as a wrestler, that was a great part of my life. But now that I, I that I understand why I'm here, wrestling was just a setup. It was just a setup, a stepping stone for who I am and what I'm meant to do and and be. No matter what happened in my career, this was so much bigger. Hogan, oh yeah, well there's there's a little bit more to it. Uh, I'm just trying to get to it. Right. Hogan considering suicide. Hogan says this. Well, I got to a point where everything kind of hit me at the same time. The divorce, the whole world falling apart, both of the kids with Linda, and that's how I ended up playing with the gun. Hmm. The original story was Hulk Hogan recently spoke with Objectified on Fox News, a transcript via RussianInc.com, about WWE firing him after a sex tape leak that included him making anti-black remarks and expressing anger at the thought of his daughter dating a black man. And here were the highlights of that. I'm being fired by WWE. When I heard this was going to happen, I called him on a Thursday or a Friday. As I hung up the phone that night, they fired me in the morning. Hogan said, it really caught me off guard. I didn't expect it because WWE knows who I am. I'm not that person. That's not who I am, and that's not, how, that's not what I do. On WWE scrubbing him from the website and removing him from video games and dropping his merchandise, I think they did what was best for business, he said. They were worried about losing sponsors and network support. Will WWE ever bring him back? And Hogan simply said, I'm not sure. Huh. On how it affected him. It was tough. It hit me hard, Hogan said. When you look at a 40-year career, it's just gone. What do you think here, J.D., about this deal with Hogan? Does he want to come back? Do they really want him back? Does he want to get back in? I mean, right now the ball is in his court, however. We'll have to wait and see how it unfolds, but time will tell. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And let me say anything else here. Uh, hmm. You know, that's all I want to bring to this evening. There was not a whole lot to really look at on full other media here tonight. So I am going to go on right ahead and turn things over to JD and let JD go ahead and um, uh, run down everything else that's going on here in the world today. JD, please go ahead and take it away. Okay. Uh, first off, how are you talking about movies? However, of course, we know the movie Raging Bull back in the day, of course, was a very big hit as Robert De Niro played the legendary boxer Jake LaMotta, of course. As you know, it also started Joe Pesci. Uh, Frank Vincent, better known to you all as, uh, I believe it's Frank Vincent, however, mind you, I have to double-check my notes to be sure, however, but I know for a fact it was, uh, let me just double-check here, I'm going to pull it up right now, tell you who it was, I know 
Uh, Joe Pesci was in it, however, and uh, like I said, however, it was indeed. Uh, uh, let me see here. Uh, yes, Frank Vincent, however, of course, who passed away last week at the age of 80. Of course, we all know him for his role in The Sopranos and everything like that, however, as he apparently suffered a heart attack, however, mind you, however. He was also in uh, movies like, apparently, however, the TV show The Sopranos, but he was in also other stuff as well, however, during his career. And he was actually a musician, believe it or not. Not many people knew that, believe it or not. But he was uh, uh, skilled at the drums, piano, and trumpet. Of course, he passed away at the age of 80. Of course, he was married to his wife, Kathleen. And, of course, he had three children. Anyway... Speaking of Lamada, however, Jake, of course, was a famous boxer, of course, we all know back in the day. Well, today, however, he passed away at the age of 95. In 106 career fights, he won 83, 30 by KO, lost 19, and had four draws. Some of his legendary mounts include with Sugar Ray Robinson. He, of course, fought Sugar Ray Robinson in a middleweight bout in October 1942, knocking him down in the first round of the fight. Robinson got up and took over much of the fight, winning by a unanimous 10-round decision. Of course, however, he won the sec. He unfortunately won the second match. However, the following year, in February of 1943, at Olympic Stadium in Detroit, Michigan, uh, they fought again. However, believe it or not, three weeks later, however, mind you, however, and again, however, mind you, Robinson won the close fight by unanimous decision. A fourth fight, however, the duo's, du- du- duo's final ten rounder took place two years nearly after the third fight in Madison Square Garden, New York. Robinson won again by unanimous decision. The fifth and final time, however, mind you, however, they fought in Comiskey Park in September of 1945, however. This time it was 12 rounds, and despite the fact 14,755 watched the fight, however, Lamada said afterwards, however, that, however, this was the toughest fight he had ever had been in the ring with uh, Sugar Ray, however. So, there you go, five fights, however. Uh, he also, of course, believe it or not, uh, fought, it was, uh, let's see here, uh, I'm trying to think here. Uh, I can't remember here. Actually, however, there was another fight he fought with uh, Robinson. Sorry, not five fights, six fights. The sixth fight took place in Chicago Stadium on Valentine's Day, 1951. However, Robinson was never able to knock him down, however, when the fight was stopped in the 13th round, however. Uh, Of course, uh, he wrote a book, however, Raising Bull, My Story, in 1970, however, and ten years later, the film was made by Martin Scorsese and portrayed by Robert De Niro. De Niro gained about 60 pounds to play the role of Jake LaMotta, however, mind you. Sad to say, his elder son, Jake LaMotta Jr., in February of 1998, died of liver cancer, and his younger son died in a crash of Swiss Air Flight 111. Uh, as we said, however, he died earlier today from complications, however, mind you, of pneumonia at the age of 95. So, uh, unfortunately, I thought some prayers on the LaMotta family. Like I said, he began his career in March of 1941, however, and wrapped up his... Uh, well, let's just say his professional boxing record eight years later, however. Uh, he then went on to the National Boxing Association World Middleweight title, where he fought for five more years, however, losing a unanimous decision for the first time and losing by a split decision in his final fight in April of 1954 to Billy Kilgore in Miami Beach, Florida. Meanwhile, how are the box office reports speaking of movies? Here is your top five movies of the weekend. It continues to be the top movie, and it is scaring up audiences in more ways than one going into this weekend. 
On a budget of $35 million, just two weeks so far, it has made $218.8 million, including $60.1 million just this last weekend alone. American Assassin took home number two, however, finishing with $14.8 million, and has now made $33 million in just literally, however, two weeks. Mother, starring Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Barr, which got mixed reviews, debuted, however, with $7.5 million on a budget of $30 million, however. Home Again, of course, the Reese Witherspoon romantic comedy dropped to fourth, however, to about $5.1 million, and has so far made $17 million on a budget of $12 million in just two weeks' time. And The Hitman's Bodyguard also dropped two spots from third to fourth, however, as Home Again dropped from second to fourth, however, as The Hitman's Bodyguard, the one with Samuel L. Jackson and Ryan Reynolds so far, has made $70.3 million in just five weeks' time on a budget of $30 million, but this week came in five with $3.5 million, $8 million. Or three and a half million near three point six million. And again, home again was number four with five point one million this weekend. As father came in seven and a half million and yeah, fourteen point eight fourteen and a half million, fifteen million was American Assassin. Uh of course American Assassin is the one with uh just saw it a second ago. I'll tell you who it's starting. It is starting, however, I believe that's the one with American that's with Michael Keen from Mommy. Yes, Michael Keen Believe it or not, however, and Dylan O'Brien, mother, of course, the one with Jennifer Lawrence, Ed Harris, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Javier Bardem. Speaking of movies, however, this weekend should be a very interesting week at the box office, however, as Colin Firth and Mark Strong and Channing Tatum along with Jeff Bridges. We thought this was coming out last weekend, but it'll be out this weekend along with Halle Berry coming with the new action-adventure comedy, Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle. The Lego Ninja Go movie, however, will be number two, starring Jackie Chan, James Franco's brother Dave, and from Saturday Night Live, Fred Armisen. Emma Stone and Steve Carell, along with Elizabeth Shue, star in the true story of Billie Jean King and, of course, Bobby Riggs in Battle of the Sexes. In a creepy horror movie, and I know Chad likes these horror films, are, is Friend Request by Britt Morgan and Connor Paul. <laughs> Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench and Olivia Williams, however, and Michael Gambon star in Victoria and Abdul. And I've seen the trailer for this. This looks like a very good movie. Also this weekend, Kirsten Dunst stars in Woodshock, and Jake Gyllenhaal and Miranda Richardson star in the true story, however, of Jeff Ballman, the ordinary man who captured the hearts of the city and world to become a symbol of hope following the Boston Marathon bombing of 2013 entitled Stronger. So we got some pretty good movies coming out this weekend in the box office. Now to sports, however. Of course, coming up this weekend, of course, as you know, we got a lot of football to discuss, so we'll discuss it very quickly and briefly to the point, however, before we get into a couple other news items. First off, of course, tomorrow night at 8.30 p.m., however, you will see the Battle of California wage war as the L.A. Rams travel to San Francisco and, of course, Santa Clara, California, at the home of the 49ers Levi Stadium, the home of WrestleMania 31. Of course, the Rams and 49ers will be playing this week's Thursday night game of the week on television. Meanwhile, coming up Sunday morning at 9.30 in the morning in London, it will be the Baltimore Ravens traveling to London as they take on the Jacksonville Jaguars there in jolly old England. This, this Sunday night, of course, at 8.30 p.m., however, with no mercy going on live on the WWE Network from the City of Angels, Los Angeles, California, at the Staples Center, it will be the Oakland Raiders traveling to the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., to take on John's boys. That's our good friend John Gross, the human suplex machines team, the Washington Redskins. Also, of course, this Monday night, the Dallas Cowboys, after Ezekiel Hill was held only eight yards against the Denver Broncos last Sunday, despite the fact that the game was delayed for a good bit because of weather, however, will be traveling to the Valley of the Sun, Arizona, Glendale, Arizona, to be exact, and they will be taking on the Arizona Cardinals 
this Monday night. Now, unfortunately, we do have some heartbreaking news to report, however, as we come back uh, to you, however, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, as you know, yesterday we saw and heard what had happened Excuse me, in Mexico City. In case you did not hear, a 7.1 earthquake, however, needless to say, shook the country. And as of today, we are, uh, report, we are still getting information on this, however, mind you, but we have heard, however, mind you, the latest we heard, however, mind you, about that. We're just trying to find it, so bear with me here, folks. Uh, last we heard, however, uh, where is it? Uh, the, oh, here it is. Uh, the latest, however, as the frank search continues, however, mind you, however, is that 225 people have been reported dead including 21 children in a school flattened by the earthquake, as apparently that was the case. Also earlier today, however, mind you, however, in more ways than one, Puerto Rico, however, is still feeling the effects of Hurricane Maria. The powerful storm, however, mind you, however, packed a mean punch earlier this morning, however, shortly after 6 o'clock in the morning. And as of tonight, however, 100% of the U.S. territory has lost its power. As of 5 o'clock this evening, however, Maria has weakened to a Category 2 with maximum sustained winds of 110 miles per hour, uh, according to the National Hurricane Center. Conditions on the eastern side of the Dominican Republic have started to deteriorate by this afternoon, though. But some strengthening is possible, however, they're saying now, however. I just saw it. Hold on a second. I'll tell you in a second here. Uh, I just saw it. Here we go. Okay. It's possible now that the storm is back over the ocean. So Maria has a chance to become a Category 3 again. It is forecast to turn past off the eastern shore of the Dominican Republic into tomorrow before moving near Turks and Caicos in the southeast Bahamas tomorrow night through Friday morning. Of course, it has also, of course, been reported that no one has seen a storm like this in Puerto Rico since 1928 and is said to be the strongest storm to date. Of course, it will continue up the coast tower by Friday and Saturday and could hit and miss the whole eastern Part of the eastern part of Florida, however, like Miami and all those areas after what Irma had done. It is going to continue to build up some steam, however, in the coming days ahead. But we will be watching this very carefully. And there is also reports, however, like I said, however, after it hit, like I said, a Category 4 this morning, however, mind you, uh, which which brings it a path were in the path of the storm, however, like I said, there is another report saying that there could be another storm on its way in, most notably Jose. But nothing is sure as of yet. We will keep you up to date with this story, though. And uh, while we're doing that, ladies and gentlemen, just a quick reminder, ladies and gentlemen, coming up tonight on Outside the Ropes, of course, 1413, or excuse me, 139925 pound. You can check out the show, Mr. Uh, King NWO, Gerard T. Smith, myself, and the Black Widow will be on. And of course, we will be talking about the latest goings on in wrestling. Of course, uh, we will also talk about last night's SmackDown on Revolution at 9 o'clock. John Gross will have your birthdays and dates. Gerard and I will have your news headlines for you. And also this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, beginning at 5 p.m. on Revolution, we will have a very special edition of No Mercy How with the Predictions Show. And also, maybe some bets might be made on the way through, so be sure to check us out there as well. Um, so my Hi, guys. Who's this? Roddy K. Oh, Roddy K. Now joining us on the line, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't see him come in. Roddy, welcome. All right. Uh, your okay. audio is real low today. Oh, sorry about that. 
Ch- Chad's out right now for a little bit, however, mind you, however. But uh, like I said, uh, glad you can make it. However, we were just I was just talking about what's been going on in uh, Mexico City. Got a minute. Puerto Rico. Got a minute for a comment. What's that? You got time for a comment on some previous topic? Yeah, please. Fire away. Uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Go ahead. Fire away. On, on, on Hulk Hogan. Yes. There's a famous YouTube video where Harlem Heat yes. was going to tell Hogan, I'm, I'm, I'm coming for you, you know? Mm-hmm. You know the clip I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I, I, uh, I don't know if Hogan's really that bad off in context. I, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't listened to all those stories, but he doesn't need to come back. Wrestling doesn't need Hogan. He's, in my opinion, thank him for what he did. Go out on top. Right. But come back as a manager. I'm talking about 80s, early 90s manager. Mm-hmm. Just to get heat. He could be a good manager. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Make it less about him, though. He he has that ego situation where it's got to be about Hogan. Right. Right. I agree. I agree. Let me, uh, talking about managers, let me ask you this, Howard. We talked about this uh, the last few days here, uh, mind you, on some of the shows. Uh, what were your thoughts when you heard the news about Bobby the Brain Heenan the other day? And uh, if you have any memories uh, of Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was the one that announced. Whose side is he on when Hogan turned? Right. Uh, he managed uh, Andre, of course. Right. He also managed I mean, guys like Big John. Heenan guys, is the... All those guys. Bobby Heenan's like a uh, unsung hero, in, in a way. Yes. Did, I don't know if he's in the uh, Hall of Fame or not, but yes. Yes. he's always been there. He's been, he's, he's been real good. And uh, as, as a guy... Who, uh, if I if I was in his position, yes, I would have wanted to pass away many years ago. I I just couldn't stand to see him in pain. You know, go from the chubby guy that he was to uh, I guess you could say good shape guy to that deformed. You know, and I was like, oh my god, that was sad. Yeah. Yeah, I heard the news on Sunday night, however. I was uh, very shocked and very saddened to hear this news, however. And uh, like I said, oh, it just broke my heart, however, when I heard the news, however. But uh, we talked about him on Monday on Raw Radio and everything. And uh, we shared some stories about Bobby and uh, his unique style, if you will. Uh, like I said, he did manage other guys, like you mentioned, Andre, uh, Big John Studd, King Kong Bundy, Ken Patera. Uh, Nick Falk, Winkle, Ray Stevens, the Black Jacks, Bobby Duncan, uh, the Missing Link at one time, Dewey Robertson. Uh, so those are just some of the guys. He has uh, definitely uh, lived up to the billion. And as an announcer, I mean, he was great with guys like Gorilla Monsoon, and he was good with me and Gene Oakland, all those guys. Howard. So uh, he he's in a better place now. And uh, the wrestling world. I, mean, I get him mixed. I get them mixed up sometimes. I know they change hands, but didn't he yeah. uh, manage the Midnight Express? No, Jim Cornette did. James Cornette. Jim Cornette, you're thinking of. But if it wasn't for guys like Jim Cornette and Paul Heyman and J.J. Dillon and those type of guys, Bob, and Bobby Heenan would have been a trailblazer, you know? Uh, did, but, did Heenan ever manage the No, the no, he, he he never got around to. Uh, he, he managed Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, the Brain Busters, back in the day, however. He managed them uh, when they came to the WWE. 
and like I say, managed Ric Flair and Kurt Henning and some other guys. Um, talking about, uh, I know we usually don't talk wrestling here on Outside the Rose, but I'm going to, I just say this for the debate, but I want to talk some more uh, wrestling with you since it's been a while since we've heard from you, and hopefully Chad will be back on the line shortly because Chad said he had to step out a little bit. Let me ask you some other questions. Uh, the whole uh, thing, I'm sure you may have saw SmackDown last night, maybe. Uh, there was some talk about Jinder Mahal uh, with some racial comments to Shinsuke Nakamura calling him Mr. Miyagi and making fun of his race and everything. Uh, we know that's going to be uh, settled with those two possibly at Hell in a Cell in a few weeks, however. Uh, we also know KO and Shane O'Mac are going to be fighting at Hell in a Cell. Uh, what are your thoughts about uh, that involving KO and Shane and also uh, the whole thing with Mahal and Nakamura, especially with what Mahal did last night? I, I was watching that part, and the fans were cheering too far, but I disagree. If if, if they knew it, well, what he was talking about in context, it's like when they make fun of you, they don't they don't care what what you are. So he was saying behind the scenes, they're gonna, that's what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. But a lot of young listeners won't know what Mr. Miyagi is. Right. Oh, yeah. So I I I, I cringed a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it, he was not too far. Mm-hmm. And th- and talking about going too far, uh, a few weeks ago, we know Enzo Mori went a little far with his comments about saying something about the Miz and Maurice having the baby, saying who's the baby's dad, and that's and that was kind of a little out of bounds as well. Overall, however, uh, we know No Mercy is coming up this Sunday. However, we know the big matches that are being discussed are Cena and obviously. Uh, uh, Roman Reigns, and of course Brock and Braun Strowman. Uh, what is your opinion of the pay-per-view going into Sunday? Oh, it's looking pretty good uh, so far. And I do think yes. for Vince McMahon to come out of nowhere, yeah. back into the ring, yeah. I think Kevin Owens is going to destroy Shane McMahon, yeah. and then Hunter, Stephanie, and Vince will come out. Yeah. As if they're going to attack him yeah. and give him a big hug. Welcome to the family. Yeah, I I hate to say you're right. I th- I think that's a possibility, and, and that makes that would make me sick. I mean, there's been talk, obviously, that KO and uh, maybe uh, obviously uh, Triple H would be fighting at WrestleMania. Um, they had the May Young Women's Classic tournament a few weeks ago. How Ronda Rousey, of course, is signed with WWE now, along with her friend Shayna Baszler. They have been talking about doing a thing with NXT and the four horsewomen of MMA. What's your opinion of Rousey and uh, Shayna now going forth from here, from uh, UFC, MMA to WWE? Oh, it's a good, uh, it's a good asset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it brings uh, she's got a fan base, and I was curious. Uh, I haven't had I haven't had a chance to watch, but is it a uh, tougher version of Glow? Uh, yeah, from what I heard, yeah, I, I've heard it is. I haven't watched it either, but I have heard some people tell me it is, yes. Uh, I heard the main... I, I, I wish I could get royalties off of this, because I've been mm-hmm. talking to uh, Triple H, you know, just Twitter feed. I don't know. You know, if they read it, they're not going to tell you. Sure. Yeah. But uh, for for over a year plus, I'm like, we need more women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, similar to GLOW without the uh, TNA. Right, right, and, and I'll, I'll talk about TNA in a second, obviously, with you. Um, I know WWE is talking about bringing Oscar up to the main roster, and that'll be fun to see, because I've been a big Oscar fan from the very beginning now when she first debuted. Uh, talking about uh, TNA or Global Force Hour, uh, right now there's been a lot of issues within the last year or so about uh, the business going up to sale, someone buying it, trying to save it, trying to run it their way, 
And then, of course, they've been having difficulties with uh, TV, uh, as far as TV uh, time slot goes, and um, overall uh, superstar talent, uh, most notably Alberto El Patron, getting busted for the whole thing with Paige, and now he's talking about coming back in November. Um, with Paige returning to WWE, with Patron returning to Global Force, however, uh, where is the state of wrestling right now in your eyes? I mean, what has really stood out to you as of late that has been a good thing since the last time we spoke, and what has not stood out for you that could really be changed and needs a change right now in the sport? Just as an update, uh, you, you're probably a little younger than I am, but Jeff Jarrett got heat for this, too. When I say TNA and uh, wrestling, women's wrestling, I mean actually women wrestling without the prancing around showing their TNA. Right, yeah, I remember this, yeah. Um, But go on. Yeah, and as far as as Impact or TNA goes, uh, I think that part is done run its course. Uh, Impact, just let it go. uh, Apparently it's a brand different. Jeff Jarrett couldn't control, or he just—it's just—it's just gone. Yeah, I, I think I think it's been gone for a few years, even since Dixie Carter, even before Dixie left. I mean, it is just the TV time slot has been bad. All the superstars like the AJ Styles, the Bobby Roots, the Stings, all those guys, of course, decided to jump ship to WWE or ROH. Uh, they also said at the same time, however, we want to get out as far as we can. And then they, of course, bring in people like Patron. They bring in guys like uh, Bobby Lashley. And that's fine. And that was good for a while. But now it's like all of a sudden they're just they're kind of like either stuck in neutral or they're just stuck between going in and reverse and going forward from here. And right now I just think, I mean, I've said this so many times. I mean, I don't know how much longer they're going to stay around. I really, really don't. One thing that has been discussed, and Chad and I talked about this exclusively a few weeks ago, or not even two, few days, just a couple of days ago, is WWE is talking about bringing back some WCW old uh, pay-per-view names. So it's notably Starcade, which will be held, of course, Saturday after Thanksgiving in Greensboro. And uh, tickets will, of course, will be going on sale a week from this Friday in Greensboro. And some of the matches you will see include Charlotte versus Natty and Nakamura versus Mahal in a steel cage. Talking about Ric Flair, however, and as long as the last time we spoke, however, we talked a little bit about him and we haven't talked for a while. We knew about Ric Flair had a serious health scare a while back, however. In your eyes, do you think it's time for Ric Flair to finally just say, enough is enough, I'm not going to come back to TV anymore? Do you think he'll still uh, be a goodwill ambassador a la Hogan, however, by showing up at different times, but not wrestling anymore? I mean, what's your take on the whole Flair thing? I if he can come back in good shape and walk, you know, hold himself, that's a good deal. But but on the previous comment, I think wrestling, uh, WWE is doing fairly okay. Mm-hmm. But the uh, many of the wrestling has too many workers, not enough work. Yeah, it's it's too many promos. I feel I agree with you, and it's like guys like Enzo and all those guys. I mean, it's like Raw has okay. You have a couple good matches, then it's promo, 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 backstage vignette, promo, 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 match, 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 promo, promo. And just I mean, I've said this so many times in the last few months. How I mean, I don't know whoever's writing this crap, whether it's Kevin Dunn. Vince Russo, whoever it is, I mean, the Reigns are starting to tank again, however, because obviously it's football season, but at the same time, they've been tanking for a while, and it's, they're not what they were back when they were in the Monday Night Wars with, like, WCW, and like I said, and it's not their fault, it's just, I think, some of the things that come up with how are too stale, you know, some of these things like, uh, oh, let's put uh, Bailey, and this is your life Bailey segment, or the whole uh, Miz, uh, 
thing with uh, what was it a, a while back? He did something right before the whole Jason Jordan thing with Kurt Angle. That and that storyline to me is probably the worst, maybe one of the worst storylines of the year. But uh, on a positive thing, I mean, one uh, thing. I, go ahead, please. Uh, you know, it's not a matter of race. I'm just so tired of the uh, the norm. I would like to see a uh, a push for another. Apparently we're having we're having a little technical difficulty here, and of course, in case you're wondering, so we are talking to our good friend Roddy K here on uh, outside the ropes here, one seven two four 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 seventy forty four call ID one four one three seventy. You can join us right now, as we are uh, right now in episode number sixty nine, I believe, of the debate. That's right. Debate show. Chad, are you back? Yes, I am. Okay, well, apparently Roddy K is also with us. Believe it or not, how we've had a Quite a conversation with Mr. Roddy K about wrestling quite a bit, however, while you've been stepped out uh, of it. Well, what part right. did you miss? Uh, you were saying, you were about to continue on what you said, what wrestling's missing, Howard, and uh, Chad's with us now, too, Roddy yeah, K. Yeah, wrestling's missing, I, I don't know how far how far I was yapping, but I said I would like to see a Sheldon Benjamin, more of a, a black push for mm-hmm. a black athlete to win. We we had the Pearl River Power bomb guy. Ahmed Johnson. Uh, I forget his Ahmed name. Johnson back in the day. Yep. Ahmed Johnson. And we had Ron Simmons. But there does seem to be a, uh, pun intended, blacklisted for the blacks. And, yeah. and I'm just so tired of seeing the same routine, the same old white people. I actually like Jinder Mahal. Not because he's Indian, but because he's a worker. I mean, he's good. I I kind of agree with you in a way that he is a good worker, but I am not a fan of his for some reason. I just I he rubs me off no not to sound racial here, but he does not rub me the right way. Personally in my opinion, I thought it was bullshit that he won the title back in May when he first won it. I think it's even bigger bullshit that he's still the champion because he has to have his little boyfriends, sing brothers help him. He's like the Miz, how he has to have a little bodyguards help him because he can't have the balls to do it by Oh, that's 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 the Indian version of J and J security. Yeah, it is. You're right. I didn't think about that. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, but like I said, I think, however, come Hell in a Cell, uh, like I said, however, I think uh, he's in for a rude awakening. I think he's been a fine champion for about three or four months. I think it's time to give Nakamura a chance. I mean, Nakamura, it seems like, you talk about guys who are being crapped all over, and I'm going to say this before we get in, let Chad take over again. I think you brought up some good, a good point about some of the superstars being just really not getting the proper push. I mean, case in point, look at guys like Ty Dillinger, who came up from NXT. They've done nothing with him. Mike Kanellis, yes, he's still uh, recovering from a very serious issue right now with his wife right now, and that's why he hasn't been on TV, because he's had some very personal health, uh, I won't say personal health issues, but personal issues and health issues at the same time to try to get his life back on track, and he'll be back soon. What do you, what, what do you think about this? Great. Like uh, Fandango, they've spent too much time over uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, over the years, yep. trying to develop characters instead yep. of letting the, uh, what I call Kevin Owens when he first entered, I said, he he is a man. That's what we need. Wrestling needs the man mm-hmm. be the character, not not a, not the character be the, promote the character. Right, right. Like The Rock. He was just being himself. So Kevin Owens, I think, is getting over because he's being manly. Oh, yeah. So they should spend less time on trying to develop characters or fiction entities and just let the people, you know, like like go back to Arn Anderson days. He, yeah. he didn't have to act like a character or comic book situation. He just 
got the job done, and that's what people want. So, whether, whether it's personally or on TV, bring back the man. We need men. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah but like I said, I mean, there's a lot of things right now that they need to correct. And like I said, some of it's been good. Don't get me wrong. You bring up a good point, and, and some of it should get improved on. And like I said, I think some of the – I mean, right now, I mean, it's just a shame you only have two federations left, ROH – or three, I should say, ROH, New Japan, and Global Force. Uh, with Japan, however, it's, it's only on weekly, however, on a different uh, time slot and different uh, network. ROH is the same way. Global Force is just barely getting by with their games right now. Uh, but like I said, I just think some of the WWE has too many guys that they signed up or they signed with WWE, and they just shit all of them, to use the term loosely. I mean, case in point, guys, like I mentioned, Ty Dillinger, Aiden English, uh... Another guy who they've really kind of crapped on a little bit and really cooled down his late, but I do think he'll get the hot once again when he comes back from injury, is one of my favorites, Samoa oh, Joe. I love Samoa Joe. I think he's going to be a beast when he comes back. But for the guys that are still the norm, like the Roman Reigns, the Strowmans, the Lesners, fine. That's fine and dandy. You can do that. But it's time to look ahead down the road, Howard, into the future, Howard. And you're looking at guys I, I missed like Joe it. What, what happened? Well, where is Samoa Joe? What's going on? He's been out for about a month with an ankle injury. He got injured right after SummerSlam. He's been out for, I think he's due back this week or next week. I know he's due back from injury very, very soon. I know, I think he might be back possibly this weekend, I'm saying, maybe for the pay-per-view. Um, he'll be back probably next week. I think mentioned it before. Yeah. I wish they would use uh, Tyson Kidd to come back and start some heat with him. Not, not to wrestle, but just to ruin his... You know, well, for the, for, yeah, for the well, I, I think yeah, that would be nice. I agree. That would be good to see. But I think because of what happened, how it's unfortunate that won't happen anymore. Uh, Tyson, I think, now is more settled into the agent role, sort of like a mentor teacher role. And I think that's the way, I mean, that's what some of these guys have got to do when they can't wrestle no more or they don't have anything to do with them on TV. You've got to have some of these guys either be mentors to the other guys that are up and coming, like the Joes like the Fowlers of the world, like the Lacamores of the world, however, like the Sami Zayn's of the world, however. And that's another guy. Well, what's the story? Roman Reigns was yapping about something. What? I missed oh, the story of what happened with Drowley. Roman was kind of chirping and has been chirping with Cena the last few weeks, however, about Cena and his uh, the way he handles himself. In the ring. I mean, the last couple of weeks, they've had some really good, intense problems with each other. They didn't have too much of a banter this week, but the last two weeks are up until this week when Cena was not on Raw, and by the way, Cena was, the reason why Cena was not on Raw, they said he was in China, but I found out today that was not... No, I'm talking about the Alex Rowley. The Alex Rowley come in. What's the deal with Alex Rowley? Oh, he took a jab, I guess, because of what uh, Cena did back in the day when Alex Rowley was like the Mrs. Apprentice. That's why I think he took that shot at uh, Cena and mentioned Alex Rowley's name the other night. But, um, like I said, however, some of these guys, however, are just I mean, they're just not getting out of the way for the younger talent. They're just either burying these guys to no end, or they're just not giving them enough TV time. And uh, I'm going to let Chad explain a little more. Chad, go ahead. I'll be right back. Chad, are you there? Okay, apparently he's not. I thought he was there. Sorry about that. Um, it's just, I don't know. There, there's so many questions right now that wrestling needs to be fixed. I mean, there's so many things that need to be fixed in the sport, and they're not fixing them, I feel. That's just me. Um, I'm trying to think, what else? Um, hold on a second, I'll be right back.
JD, I'm here. JD? JD? Yeah, I'm right here. Okay. I'm right. All right, I'll be right there. Hold on a sec, all right? Okay, all right. Okay, I'm still here. Sorry about that. Ladies and gentlemen, my apologies here for the delay here. 1724-444-7444. Call ID 141-387-POUND. Is this episode 69 of our pop culture review show, WWS Outside the Ropes, Wednesday, September 20th, 2017. Mr. WWS, Chad Hinshaw, back on the line here with you. Uh, joining me, of course, is the Iceman, J.D. Jared D. Geronimo, 2015 and 17 uh, Hall of Famer, as well as, of course, part of the team that brings you Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoot.com. And also, as well, we have Roddy K. here, uh, uh, J.D. and Roddy. I did have to step away for a few moments, folks. My apologies, Roddy K. and J.D. We're talking wrestling, even though we normally don't talk about wrestling on, on this show, but... Uh, but that's 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 quite all right. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I sort of look at it later. Here. So what we're going to do here, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, is already five minutes coming up before we normally would end the show right here. But we are going to stay on, so we can at least get the movie trivia challenge out of the way here with tonight, because I have it all set up and ready to go. Uh, let me check. JD, are you back with us? And Roddy K, just in, in case you don't know what we're doing right here now, is that JD normally yeah. answers a few movie trivia questions uh, here uh, right at the tail end of our show here. This is I meant to mention this show is primarily talking about stuff outside of wrestling, and um, but that was okay um, if you wanted to talk about that. Talk about that. Um, all of our other shows, of course, have to do with wrestling, so. But that was that was a good point. Good points made all around there, right? Okay, we do appreciate that. Your point of point of view here, I do appreciate that. Uh, JD, are you back with us? I think JD is still not back with us here, so we'll, have to, we'll wait a couple more minutes. Uh, coming up, like I said, at 8 o'clock here, ladies and gentlemen, join the NWO of Madness Kingdom, of course, King NWO, Gerard T. Smith, the, the Iceman, Jared D. Geralmo, and also <clears throat> the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, for another episode of WWS Wrestling Debate, as they discuss and debate on everything going on here in the wrestling world. They'll talk about, I'm sure they'll be talking about what happened on Raw this past Monday night. Okay, J.D., also talking about SmackDown uh, that happened last night. Also, No Mercy coming up this weekend. There'll definitely be some talks about that. And, of course, other wrestling stories making making the rounds. Uh, 139-925-pound coming up at 8 o'clock tonight. And then at 9 o'clock, I'll be back on with WWUS Revolution. Uh, live video feed for that from Lucha US Ultimate Underground. Of course, more wrestling news and views, more history and birthdays. Also, of course... Uh, thoughts and opinions on uh, SmackDown Live broadcast last night, and other wrestling extras and uh, points of discussion here as well. One three eight zero five five pound coming up from nine to eleven p.m. Uh, JD, are you back with us?
Good talk. Thanks for your time. I I got to uh, focus on other things at the moment. All right, Roddy. Thank you very much for popping on, Buzz. Uh, please come back anytime, sir. We do appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Bye bye. Yes, sir. Take care, sir. Thank you very much. That was Roddy K, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we do like we do. Uh, we do uh, appreciate his uh, points of view on everything going on. Of course, him and JD were talking here just a few moments ago while I had to suddenly step away. I'm back. Uh, Okay, all right, JD. All right, JD. What we're going to do is, like I said, it's already close to seven thirty. So we're going to extend it a little bit so we can get the movie trivia challenge out of the way. All right. All right. Roddy K has already left us for the evening, so we do thank you for coming on. Yes. Well. Okay, we're all ready to go here. Of course, good. Uh, <clears throat> and then the seat is warm enough for you to sit at, JD. Uh, if you want to put your fire suit on tonight, you can. If not, don't worry about it. Uh, but I just want you to get burned. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay, all right. Uh, this might be one we've done before, but we, we do them again once in a while because there might be something we haven't done in a long time. Okay, here we go. 21 questions here, uh, JT, all about movie trivia, the past and present. Here we go. All right. Question number one. In which film did comedian actor Bob Hope sing for the first time his signature Academy Award-winning song, Thanks for the Memory? Was it the big broadcast of 1938, College Swing, Give me a sailor, or thanks for the memory. Thanks for the memory. D. The answer is, actually it was the big broadcast in 1938. Bob Hope played radio host Buzz Fielding in his first starring role, sang his trademark song with his ex-wife Cleo Fielding, played by Shirley Ross. All right, question number, ten, question number two, excuse me. Who played the role of liberal defense lawyer Henry Drummond, a character based on famed trial lawyer Clarence Darrow, in Inherit the Wind from 1960? Was it Frederick Mark, James Cagney, James Stewart, or Spencer Tracy? Spencer Tracy. Spencer Tracy. The answer is, and you're right. Hey, all right. Inherit the Wind, a fictionalized dramatization of the Scopes Monkey Trial in Tennessee, in 1925, pitted Best Actor nominated Spencer Tracy as Henry Drummond against fundamental orator Matthew Harrison Brady, a character based upon presidential candidate William Jennings Bryan, portrayed by veteran actor Frederick March. Question number three. What was the only film in the original Planet of the Apes series of five films without star Roddy McDowell? Was it Battle for the Planet of the Apes, Beneath, Conquest, or Escape? Battle. Battle. You said Battle. Okay, I'm sorry. The answer is actually Beneath. Roddy McDowell did not appear in Beneath of the Planet of the Apes in 1970, the second of five films in the original series, because he was directing a film in the UK at the same time. He appeared in four, four films as two characters, uh, one as Cornelius and also as his own son, Caesar. Question number four. In the ambiguous twist ending of director Tim Burton's film remake of Planet of the Apes from 2001, what major historic landmark provided its shocking conclusion? Was it the Statue of Liberty, the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial, or the White House? I'm going to say the Statue of Liberty. Okay. The answer is, actually it was the Lincoln Memorial. Inside the Lincoln Memorial, the statue of President Abraham Lincoln had been replaced by a statue of ruthless, sadistic Commander Ape General Thad, played by Tim Roth. The Statue of Liberty provided the shocking conclusion for the original film back in 1968. 
Motion number five. What was the first major Hollywood studio production ever to shoot in the People's Republic of China? Was it 55 Days at Peking, Peking, Empire of the Sun, The Last Emperor, or The World of Susie Wong? The Last Emperor. The Last Emperor. The answer is actually Empire of the Sun. Uh, Director Steven Spielberg's Empire of the Sun 1987 was the first major Hollywood studio production to be filmed in the People's Republic of China in Shanghai, to be honest, to uh, be more specific. Question number six. Who was the first actress to win the Best Actress Oscar in a film directed by her nominated husband? Was it Frances McDormand, Gina Rollins, Julie Andrews, or Melina McCurry? I'm going to say it was Gina Rollins. Gina Rollins? The answer is actually Frances McDormand. Uh, her Best Actress Oscar win in Fargo in 1996. Frances McDormand became the first actress to win for a film directed by her nominated husband, director Joel Cohen. John Cassavetes and Gina Rollins were nominated together, but neither won for A Woman Under the Influence in 1974, and both Jules Dassin and Melina McCurry were nominated together, but neither won for Never on Sunday from 1960. Question number seven. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, which first-time leading man was paid a record salary of $5.5 million in 2002. Was it Dwayne Johnson, Freddie Prinze Jr., Josh, Josh Harnett, or Tobey Maguire? I'm going to say Dwayne Johnson. Would not surprise me. And you're absolutely right. World Wrestling Federation's The Rock, or Dwayne Johnson, received a record salary for his first-time top bill leading man performance as the title character Matthias in the prequel spinoff, The Scorpion King 2002, which is, of course, part of the Mummy franchise series. That did not surprise me at all. No, so much there. Question number eight. Which 1960s full-length animated feature film was inspired by the music of the Beatles? Was it A Hard Day's Night, Help, The Magical Mystery Tour, or Yellow Submarine? I think if memory serves me, it was Yellow Submarine. Okay, and you're absolutely right. It was Yellow Submarine from 1968 was inspired by the Beatles album Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Although the Fab Four weren't involved in its making, however, they did make a brief cameo appearance in the live-action coda singing All Together Now. 19, question number nine. In how many films did Katherine Hepburn co-star with Spencer Tracy? Seven, eight, nine, or ten? Nine. Nine. The answer is, you're right. Beginning with Woman of the Year, 1942, Hepburn made nine films with Tracy, ending with Guessers Coming to Dinner in 1967. So 25 years. Nine films in that long. Wow. Question number 10. Who is the only producer to have his name and his name only associated with three Best Picture Oscars? Is it Clint Eastwood, Robert Wise, Sam Spiegel, or Saul? I'm going to try to pronounce his name. Zients. That's why I can pronounce it. I want to say Robert Wise. Robert Wise. The answer is actually Sam Spiegel. Had a record four nominations with three individual wins on the waterfront in 1954, the Bridge on the River Quad in 1957, and Lawrence of Arabia in 1962. 
three awards within eight years. Although Sal Zayetz also had three Best Picture wins as producer, his Oscar for one that flew over the cuckoo's nest, 1975, was shared with co-producer Michael Douglas. Question number 11. Which film was the first Academy Award Best Picture nominee to win both Best Actor and Best Actress? Was it Grand Hotel, The Great Ziegfeld, It Happened One Night, or Mutiny on the Bounty? I'm going to say Mutiny on the Bounty. answer is, actually, it, was in, it, was in, it happened one night. Frank Capra's Best Picture winning classic screwball romantic comedy, It Happened One Night from 1934, was the first Best Picture nominee to win the, top two, the two top acting Academy Awards, which was Best Actor and Best Actress. Question number 12. What role did Mickey Mouse play in Disney's animated classic Fantasia from 1940? Was it the Sorcerer's Apprentice, the Orchestra Conductor, the Narrator, or none of the above? The Apprentice. Sorcerer's Apprentice? The answer is, yeah, it was the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Disney cartoon character Mickey Mouse took the role of an aspiring wizard's helper in Fantasia from 1940 in a segment titled The Sorcerer's Apprentice, composed by Paul Dukas, in which he battled animated brooms carrying endless buckets of water. Question number 13. Which musical, before Chicago in 19... I mean, I'm sorry, in 2002, most, most recently won the Best Picture Oscar, before Chicago did? Was it Cabaret, My Fair Lady, Oliver, or The Sound of Music? Oliver. Oliver. And the answer is, yeah, it was... Oh, wow, not bad, J.D. It was musical Oliver in 1968. Most recently won the Best Picture Oscar. Earlier Best Picture winning musicals were The Sound of Music, 1965, and My Fair Lady, 1964. Cabaret, 1972, lost the Best Picture to The Godfather that same year, 1972. Question number 14. What was the first first feature-length American comedy film? Was it Girl Crazy, The Kid, Speed, or Tilly's Punctured Romance? Tilly's Punctured Romance. The answer is, yeah, J.D., you're on a roll, man. Max says Keystone Studios made the first American first American feature-length comedy, Tilly's Punctured Romance, in 1914, starring Marie Dressler, Mabel Norman, and Charlie Chaplin in his first feature film. Question number 15. Which musical opened with the song On Broadway and ended with Bye Bye Love, Life? All That Jazz, 1979. Didn't even have to give it. The answer is, yeah, it was All That Jazz. Director Bob Fox's semi-autobiographical musical, All That Jazz, and he, as J.D. said, 1979, opened with the production number on Broadway by George Benson and ended with, and ended with the extravagant finale, Bye Bye Love Life by Ben Vereen. On Broadway is a good song. I listen to that song. It's very good. Question number 16. In the famous series of seven Crosby, Lamore, Hope, Road to films, beginning in the 1940s, what was the destination in their first film of the series? Was it Morocco, Rio, Singapore, or Zanzibar? I'm going to say Singapore. It's Singapore. The answer is, yeah. J.D., my man, you are on a roll tonight. The Road to movies pairing Bob Hope, Bing Crosby, and Dorothy Lamore found the team in these places in order. 
Singapore was the first one in 1940, Zanzibar 1941, Morocco 1942, Utopia 1946, Rio 1947, Bali 1952, and Hong Kong 1962. Question number 17. Who played the role of General George A. Custer in, the, in director Michael Curtis' historically dubious film Santa Fe Trail in of 1940. Was it Errol Flynn, Ronald Reagan, Van Heflin, or Walter Houston? I want to say Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn. The answer is, actually it was, well, I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. Future President Ronald Reagan played the role of customer in Santa Fe Trail in 1940, while Errol Flynn had the starring role as Captain James Jeb Stewart. Flynn took the role of Custer in They Died With Their Boots On from 1941, a year later. But you're close, J.D. You're, you're close on that. Very close. Question number 18. Which film marked Cary Grant's first major success when he starred opposite Mae West? Was it Blonde Venus, The Eagle and the Hawk, I'm No Angel, or She Done Him Wrong? Done Him Wrong. She did? Oh. Yeah. And you're right, she did do it wrong because you're absolutely right. Although Cary Grant made his film debut in This is the Ninth of 1932 and had a number of other bit roles, his first major success was She Done Him Wrong from 1933, opposite Mae West. Coincidentally, he starred in a second Mae West film later that in the same year, which was I'm No Angel from 1933. Question number 19. What was the first Lassie feature film? Remember, remember Lassie the dog there, J.D.? Yeah. Was it Challenge to Lassie, The Courage of Lassie, Lassie Come Home, or Son of Lassie? Son of Lassie. Okay, the answer is, actually it was Lassie, Lassie Come Home. A male colleague named Pal starred in the debut Lassie film, Lassie Come Home, from 1943. Those are beautiful animals. Those are beautiful dogs. Question number 20. Well, and now this, now this is a little bit more recent, J.D. You know, I think you might know this one, if you're, if you're, if you're in these like I am. What was the name of the metallic substance injected into Wolverines, played by Hugh Jackman, skeletal system, in X-Men Origins Wolverine from 2009 to make him virtually indestructible? Was it adamantium, carbonadium, hydrochlorothiazide, or promethium? I want to say... You're saying carbonated? Yeah. Using boy, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're going to kick yourself in your rear end, J.D. was animantium. You never saw the comic books? It's been a while since I read them, though. Mutant Logan, or Wolverine, played by Hugh Jackman, became Weapon X when his skeletal system was injected with the impenetrable substance animantium, which is a fictional alloy. Of course, it's not even real. Or that'd be cool if it was, but it's not. All right, and last question here, J.D. What was the First biggest hit film of silent screen vamp, Theta Barra. Was it A Fool There Was, Cleopatra, East Lynn, or Salome? C. Is that B as in boy? C, as in cat. C as in cat, so you say East Lynn. The answer is, actually it was A Fool There Was. Theta Barra, known as the vamp and one of the screen's earliest sex symbols and vamp tiles, scored her largest early success with her typecasted role in A Fool There Was in 1915, which helped fund the new Fox Studios. 
and was noted for her title card line in the dialogue, Kiss Me, You Fool. Her next greatest film was Cleopatra in 1917, which was a lost film. And your results, J.D.? A man, you are you are pretty much close in correct and incorrect answers. You got ten of them correct, man. My man, you did wonderful tonight. Fine job, fine job indeed. On that note, here, ladies and gentlemen, here, uh, like I said, we're cutting. Like I said, uh, is of course a little bit close here to uh, uh, a little bit close here to uh, uh, <clears throat> to. Uh, I'll say it in a minute. Rest in debate here in the next uh, fifteen minutes. But uh, we're going to dive right on into that. Uh, I do want to thank the Iceman, J.D., Jared Romo, and also Roddy K. for joining me tonight for episode 69 of Outside the Ropes. Uh, we'll be back on next Wednesday night from 6.30 to 7.30 to give you more of the same. Of course, more movie trivia challenge and all that. See if J.D. can keep that hot streak up a little bit here, big time. Uh, <clears throat> thank you again, J.D. Uh, Outside the Ropes is a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com where we're two years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your uh, pop culture connection. Excuse me. So uh, thank you very much for joining us here. Uh, we'll, we will we'll see you on the red carpet. Take care of yourselves and each other. And as always here in the WWS Radio Network, God bless everyone and have a good evening. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.